Well, welcome to the old downtown Harbor Church, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator here, and we are right in the kind of kicking off this brand new three-week discussion, conversation, whatever you want to call it, called Surviving South Florida. And one of the things we believe at Downtown Harbor Church is that South Florida, particularly, is a very unique place. In fact, we believe it's one of the most unique places that you could ever live in our entire country. And we believe that it's so unique that we're going to take the next three weeks and we're going to talk about this crazy, unique place that we live and how to navigate some of the challenges that go along with South Florida. We think that it's so interesting to look at the uniqueness of this kind of melting pot right where we're at. And so we're going to take the next three weeks and kind of look at some challenges that we experience down here. South Florida, though, what a place, right? What a place that we live in, the beaches, the nightlife, the shopping, right? Everything that we see and encounter is unique to us right here in South Florida. And when I say South Florida, I don't mean Fort Myers in Naples, right? That ain't South Florida. I'm talking West Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, and Miami. And the culture down here is extremely, extremely unique. So before I tell you a little bit about South Florida, let me tell you a little bit about myself and where I grew up. So if you've been around here for any length of time, you've probably heard me say that I grew up in the Midwest. Well, this is where I grew up. And I don't know where we got this map, like evidently from space. It's a terrible map, but regardless, it makes the point, right? Here is where I actually grew up, in a little town called Temperance, Michigan, right? It's a very small town. Everybody kind of knew each other. And then about eight years, ago, eight years ago or so, my wife, Caitlin, and I, right after we got married, we were those crazy people who said, yes, I do, I'm going to marry you, went on our honeymoon, and we never moved home. And we found ourselves here in South Florida. And I just remember thinking to myself, my goodness, this place is nuts. Like, this is not like my small town that I grew up in in Michigan. There are things that happen down here, and it's like you're like a kid in a candy store, right? There are things that happen down here that just didn't happen back home, right? Didn't happen in Loxahatchee, Pennsylvania, okay? South Florida was a very unique place, and we, these two small town kids from Michigan, were about to be kind of tossed into this metroplex, this pe people who are unique and that don't all look like each other, and we were about to just dive right in to this thing called South Florida. But we noticed a couple of things when we got here. We noticed that there was a number of things that were running wild in South Florida, things that were kind of not happening in our hometown. And we're going to talk about what those three things are in the next couple of weeks. But furthermore, we're going to talk about what the scriptures, what the Bible has to say about these few things that we've noticed are running wild in South Florida. So inevitably, um, I just want to kind of set the stage for this right today. This is going to be a PG version of a message, but this message is something that wasn't the most comfortable thing for me to write or even deliver, so I'll just make it weird for, not weird for everybody right away because it's weird for me to talk about this. And inevitably, if you've invited someone to church for the first time and they finally agreed to come, they're going to talk about a couple of different things, right? One is money, because that always happens. Thank goodness we're not doing that today, okay? But the other one is this, and something that's running wild in South Florida, and it's sex, right? And I got to tell you something. It is kind of just people on the way in there like, man, we can't wait for this one today and seeing how this guy's going to deliver this one, okay? We just feel like sex is one of those things in South Florida that's kind of running rampant in a way that was not running rampant in my hometown in Southeast Michigan. It's kind of all over the place. And when I say sex, I don't actually just mean the actual act of sex itself, even though we're going to talk about that today. I'm talking about sexuality. I'm talking about like high-rise condos and, and, and the things that are unique to South Florida and sex is a big part of that. 
I started to notice something. When we first moved here, Caitlin and I would go to the beach quite a bit, right? Every time I would go to the beach, okay? Now, since you've been here for any length of time, you know that nobody goes to the beach anymore if you live in South Florida. It's just not something that you do. But here's one of the things that I noticed about the beach in South Florida. I had never seen less clothing on people in my life, right? For, I'm not talking about just women, like we're, right? I'm talking about men and women. I've seen way too many banana hammocks for my comfortability down here, right? Okay, like, I mean, they are, they're everywhere, and like, people are just not wearing a lot of clothes, and so I'm just like, man, this is like a sex haven down here in South Florida, and I, you could keep your eyes, try to be focused on where you should focus, but your eyes are kind of wandering. Every time you drive down the beach, right, you're going, oh my good gosh, right? At least that's how I have reacted to looking at the beach down here in South Florida. But there's an interesting point about human beings and the creation of human beings, how God the Father created us to be, right? Because I want, to, I want you to zone in with me on this. Human beings were wired to think and react sexually. It is a part of our nature. We desire this thing, this act with another human being who we would hopefully say yes to in, find the context, in the context of a marriage relationship, right? We are wired to think and react sexually. It's part of our DNA. It's part of our makeup. It's just who we are and who we were created to be. But there's a problem, and here's the problem. Oftentimes, sexual desire leads to sexual sin, leads to sexual sin. Things that dishonor God and we know that we should not do, but we choose to do them anyway, oftentimes because we are wired to think and react sexually, it leads to sexual sin. And this is where we begin to have a problem. The problem is, is that we talk about sexual sin because it hurts in a different way. Whenever we participate in things that we should not sexually, it hurts us in a different way. The scripture calls us to think this way in the book of 1 Corinthians. If you have your scripture, you can go ahead and open that up. If not, as always, this will be on the screens or on any mobile device you can feel free to use. All right, here's what it says. Flee from what? Sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexual, immoral person sins against his own body. You know what this means? It means that sexual sin is different than any other kind of sin that's out there. And it affects you in a big, different way should you participate in it. And this is why the scripture is so clear about that. So here's what we have to just ask this question. What does the scripture sexually, what does it actually condemn? I've really taken time this week and picked this apart and looked at this in a different way, and I've had to ask myself, okay, what does the scripture actually condemn related to sexual activity, right? Here is what it condemns, and I want us to all zone in and pay attention to this, okay? The scripture condemns sexual immorality, and it condemns it a lot. In fact, the next few verses I'm going to put on the screen are so powerful, and it even includes the word murder in some of the actual text right next to sexual immorality. That's how powerful it is. So, let me kind of set the stage. We are wired to think and act sexually, right? And then the scripture tells us then to avoid sexual immorality. That's what it condemns. Here's what it says. Matthew 15, 19. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. Mark, goes on in Mark 7.21. For it's from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, 
murder. Acts, the book of Acts 15, 19, or 15, 29 says this. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and sexual immorality. I don't know who's eating the meat of strangled animals, right? But it's there. You will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. Here's why I believe this is so important. And you know this if you've ever had sexual sin in your life. Here's why I believe this is so important. The physical act of sex is two people becoming one flesh. The scripture says that a man will leave his father and mother and a woman will leave her father and mother and then they will enter into a marriage relationship becoming what? One flesh. It's this deep, passionate thing that is so personal, right? It's deep. Um, it's personal. It's emotional. This act of sex, which I believe, just from the bottom of my heart, was one of the most beautiful things that God ever created when participated in the right context is so deep and so personal and so emotional, which is why sexual sin hurts in a different way related to sex. It just does. Sin is a deep thing related to sex. Furthermore, the scripture refers to becoming one flesh in the marriage relationship, right? And down here in South Florida, this is not something that we see a lot of, right? We don't see people a lot anymore waiting to have this amazing experience. We see people kind of flippantly doing it whenever they want with whoever they want. And it can be so deep and it can be so important to our lives for us to understand this. So then I started to ask myself a couple of other questions. So if the scripture condemns sexual immorality, what is sexual immorality, right? So here's this kind of a basic definition. Sexual immorality is not being faithful to the one that you promised yourself to, okay? So on October 11th, 2008, I got married to Caitlin. It's her birthday today. She's in Michigan for a wedding last night. She, there was only one rule about today's message that she told me, no stories. And I said, got it, no worries. No stories, understood. But sexual immorality is not being faithful to the one that you promised yourself to. And the problem with sexual immorality is sexual immorality is it hurts both people. And let me tell you this, guys. This is why we're talking about it today. It's so easy to fall into, especially in South Florida. You don't have to go looking for trouble. It is everywhere. You walk, I, I went downstairs after the first service and picked up a Riverwalk magazine. And on the front of it was a martini. Three pages in was an ad for the new icon on Las Olas. And who was on the top deck of the pool? A half-naked woman in the ad, right? It happened between the first and second services. It's everywhere. And so if we are going to follow the scriptures and abstain from sexual immorality, here's the question. What are examples of this? What are examples of this, right? I'm just going to give you a couple because I think it's so important for us to kind of dive in and understand because it's everywhere in South Florida. You will see it this afternoon. That guy with the pink and or purple and teal shirt at the museum, you'll know. He said, go, you'll, you'll see it this afternoon. Just watch, okay? So what are examples of sexual immorality? Number one, pornography, okay? Just very blunt, stay away from it. It will not do your life any good to engage with this. I will tell you this, pornography destroys your mind. Men and women alike, pornography destroys your mind and it sets you up, don't miss this, it sets you up for unrealistic expectations. 
It sets you up for things that are probably not going to happen. I remember when I got married, and I had seen a little bit of this in high school from time to time, and I remember when I got married, and I was like, this ain't like anything I've seen, like the footage I've seen, right? Take it serious. It will corrupt and destroy your mind. It's not just to keep pain. It's not just to keep pain or pleasure away from us. It's to keep us out of pain, right? This is bad. Stay away from it, right? Here's something else that's bad. And this happens a lot in South Florida, and I want you to understand how important this is in our culture, right? This is sexual immorality, getting too close to the line with another person. And we've all kind of probably been there from time to time. Somebody sends you a text message or a Facebook message, and you're tempted to reply, and all of a sudden, Here's that line of sin that you know that you should not cross and you know that you should not even get near, but what do we do? We're intrigued, right? Sexual immorality against the person that we promised ourselves to and we kind of get close to the line, right? Getting too close to the line with another person. That can lead to inappropriate sexual behavior. Guard your heart. Please guard your heart. Let's go to the next slide. Responding to that text or Facebook message, that you know you shouldn't, that you know is just going to put me way too close to that line. And even if I don't cross that line, what if my spouse, my significant other, what if they found out about this or heard about this and I was unfaithful because of it? Sexual immorality. So I started to ask myself another question, right? Hey, if this is everywhere in South Florida, and by the way, it is. It's every single place that you look. If this is everywhere in South Florida, what do you do? If this is just kind of jammed down our throats the entire time that we're living and breathing in South Florida, what do you do? How do you conquer this? How do you put one foot in front of the other to do better at this? Because guys, here's the deal. Our marriages are so, so important. We have to protect them with our entire life. And if you're single in the room and you're not married yet, that's okay. You probably will be someday. Or maybe you're in a place where you're dating or you're engaged and your marriage is coming next for you. Or maybe you've been married for a long time and you've started to struggle and you've started to fall away. I don't know wherever you're at, where you are actually at in your life in terms of a relationship, but I will tell you this. Sexual sin hurts in a different way. So what do you do? So we've asked ourselves this question. What do you do? And every single week at Downtown Harbor Church, we put one word up on the screen because we want you all to leave knowing exactly what to do with this information. So here's the word, practical. What do you do with this information? So if you are married, this is going to apply to you directly right now. If you're not married yet, or maybe you're engaged and you're going to go, go into that kind of relationship someday, here's what you need to do. Go ahead and actually put this in your memory bank for what your relationship could be like someday. Here's the deal. What's the practical? Fall in love with your spouse. This is going to safeguard you more than anything else is in your entire life. Fall in love with your spouse. And this next word is so key, every day. I don't know if you know this, but you do if you're married. It is difficult to stay married. It is not the easiest thing in the world to do. Why? Because we're broken human beings, right? And it's not the most easy thing in the world to do. Um, I remember, I've probably said this from this stage before. Caitlin and I were a couple of those rare people in our day and age that did not live together before we got married, right? We did not. And I remember like our first couple of months of marriage, I was like, when are you leaving? Like, do you, because when, 
Why are you here, right? I mean, like, why am I waking up and you're, you're never gone? Like, are you ever going to leave? And it was just one of those things where, like, I just knew very early on, we have to fall in love with each other every single day. Because marriage is difficult. It is not the easiest thing to stay in. It's very easy to fall into sexual temptation and sin, especially when your marriage is in a bad place. Fall in love with your spouse every single day. I truly believe this. I believe that you can choose to love whoever you want. And so you should choose to love the person that you made that commitment to, hopefully in a holy bond of marriage, and say yes to loving them every, every single day. Right? Here's another practical, which I think is good for men and women, okay? A lot of times when a guy gives this message, people are like, oh, well, you know, he's just talking about sexual attraction toward women, right? Here's the deal. Here's what I want you to do. Watch your eyes and what they see. So, I think you know this if you've been around here for any couple of weeks or months. I've been going to the gym, which is really exciting, right? I've been kind of bulking up. My shirts aren't fitting, which is kind of cool, right? There's some studs in the gym, right? And like women are making goo-goo eyes over these guys. And I'm going, I'm not one of those studs yet, but I hope to be someday, right? And so here's the deal. It's not just about women, right? Men too. Don't miss that, okay? And here's the last one. This thing is just so, so key. So watch your eyes and what they see. And then I'm going to be blunt. Probably the most blunt I'll ever be from this stage. This is how important this is for us to understand. If you have said yes to being married, allow me to give you the best piece of marital advice that you'll probably ever get in your entire life. Allow me to give you a piece of advice that I think that if you put this into practice, everything in your marriage could be different because of this, right? Here's a piece of advice that I'm going to be so blunt about that this has the capability to change everything from the inside out of your marriage. Ready for the last practical? Don't cheat on your spouse. I will tell you, one of the things in my life that I get to do is I get to sit across from people in this room and have a lot of conversations. It's been like that throughout my ministry career. And nothing that I've heard breaks my heart more than people who have experienced this, than people who have actually said yes to crossing that line and to watch the pain to watch the suffering that I know is about to take place breaks my physical heart. And so I just want to say very bluntly, do yourself a favor. Don't cheat on your spouse. I have never had a conversation with someone, and I walked away from someone telling me this, and they go, yeah, things are going really well, though. Like, you know, they're happy, or I'm happy, she's happy. Like, things are going really well. No. It's painfully brutal because we just get so close to sexual immorality, sexual sin. Don't do this. Matthew chapter 15, verse 19 says this. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. This is how important this is, guys. And you know what? As awkward as sometimes it was for me to even write this message or to get up here and talk about this, you want to know the reason we have to talk about it? It's because it's running rampant in South Florida and it has the capability to break apart our lives. This is how key this is. Sexual missteps can ruin relationships. And you guard your heart. Maybe some of you in this room are dealing with some of these very things right now. Allow me to be blunt. I believe 
That even if you're in the middle of this storm right now where you're going, I'm struggling, and in whatever way you're struggling, because how you struggle is going to be different than how I struggle, I believe that God is a God of restoration and redemption and can restore and heal your life should you just put your faith in him. And that is by one simple moment in your heart of saying yes to Jesus for the first time. We can unpack that. In fact, if you want to go back and hear more about that, we talked about that last week as we closed up Greatest Hits, right? But I don't want to sit across from anybody else, especially who's in this room right now, and go, I'm, I'm messed up. I, I, I've ruined things, right? And now I'm ruining myself. That's how important this is. And it's everywhere in South Florida. Everywhere. This is a sex metropolis. Like, look around this afternoon. It's just everywhere. And I don't want to see relationships ruined. I don't want to see you ruined. So take my advice. Guard your heart. Because you know why? Because sex is tempting. But when it's good, guard your heart. I don't want to sit across from anybody else with another failed relationship. Because a lot of it relates directly to sex. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. Thank you that we get to live in this amazing place called South Florida. I pray, God, though, that you would go before us. I pray that you would allow our hearts to be convicted. If there's anybody in this room who's struggling today, God, I pray that you would guide them, heal them, help them to do whatever they need to do to make it right. I pray that you would be glorified in this process. And Jesus, if there's ever anybody who has not said yet to, yes to you yet in this room, I just pray that they would start there. They would open their heart, saying, yes, Jesus, I believe in you, maybe for the first time, and I need healing in this area of my life. Go before us, God. Bless us, God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.